Welcome to the Flipping Failure Podcast, hosted by Clint Bartlett. This is where we interview the nation's top real estate investors, industry insiders, and thought leaders, diving into skills and attributes needed to overcome failures and obstacles to achieve at the highest level. We are live, ladies and gents, episode five of the Flipping Failure Podcast. Today's guest, Ted Kosh, he is a, uh, a local entrepreneur here in the great city of Omaha in the great state of Nebraska. Uh, Ted Kosh has uh, quite a few accomplish- accomplishments under his belt. I'm going to let him jump into this uh, today. There's some unique things that I want to dive into today, and I've already <laughs> indicated to you where I want this to go. But I also don't want to feel like you're in a box, Ted, because Ted does not do well um, trapped inside a box. Um, Ted needs to breathe. He needs to be creative. So at the same time, disregard all everything that I told you before this podcast, and let's take this thing to wherever it goes. That's what I really like to do. I'm a podcast interviewer that likes to listen and maybe ask a couple questions and just let you go. Uh, and knowing who you are and what you do, you should be very comfortable in front of a microphone. Um, and t- Ted, this is your, can we say it together? This is your first, my first podcast, your first podcast yes. ever. Ted is an avid listener and learner and grower, um, of podcasts, but he's never been interviewed on a podcast first time and never interviewed on a podcast, which is probably a step in your near future. I would imagine if it's not already in your plans, I already bought the equipment. Okay. So <laughs> we, I knew that was coming. So I look forward to being guest number one. Uh, on your podcast, if, if you don't mind. <laughs> and uh, like I said, I'm going to ask some questions today, and we're going to let this thing go wherever it goes. So with that, Ted Kosh, welcome to the Flipping Failure Podcast. Hey, it's my privilege. Thanks how, for having me. How are you feeling today? Uh, I feel good. Okay. Do you have a little bit of caffeine in you? Anything that's going to keep you lively here? Or? I grabbed a can okay, right Okay, you got here, a so rain right next to you. Yeah, okay. I'll move All right. over here so it's it, closer. You feel free to sip on that. We'll just listen. Just make sure you're, you're really close to the microphone so we can hear it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So Ted, welcome. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about your personal professional history? I know there's a lot there. It takes as much time as you need to kind of get us to where you're at today um, here on March 4th, 2021. Oh, you're dating the podcast. I know. So uh, yeah, so I started uh, down the real estate world anyway, uh, about five years ago, and I got into it because one of my good friends, Mike Schlickburn, reached out to me, and uh, he said that, uh, you know, hey, w- there would be a day that I'd like to bring you on. He said this prior uh, to the team that he's created, and uh, that day was about five years ago when he r- called me and said, hey, I think we're ready to bring you on, and, and we're going to make the move. Okay. Prior to that, I was working for a local company, an, or a worldwide company actually, but locally based called uh, Thrasher Basements. And I was, he kept on calling me up and wanted me to check out foundations for him, give him some input on it. And uh, after a while, he's like, man, we could definitely use your resources. And we originally met in 2001 uh, when I, uh, him and I used to work for uh, one, two right around there, but him and I used to work for a company called OmahaNightlife.com. And uh, Ooh, being in the party, sounds, party scene. Sounds intriguing. Yeah, it was fun times. <laughs> and uh, Mike was the first sales guy. I was the first photographer. And uh, uh, we, c- we kicked it off really well. And we just always stayed in touch. And uh, as he married a uh, real estate agent, and he had his own construction company, uh, they brought me in to help with the marketing initially. 
and that led into me doing real estate and checking out flip opportunities. So I, uh, Jerry Schlickburn uh, started teaching me how to uh, examine flips and do pro formas and run the numbers. And five years later, I'm a partner with DVG Realty Group. We also, um, which I'm not a partner of, but we also have Schlick Construction, uh, Solid Roofing and Exteriors, um, Dreamvesting Capital Group, Orange Property Management, and um, and then I recently uh, bought the uh, Omaha RIA Association here in town. So I'm excited about that conversation today. Where um, we happen to first meet, Ted. Yeah, that was our first spot, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Ted, you just said something huge, and I don't know if our listeners understand how big it is. I don't even know if you know how big it is. I think maybe you do because you did this already, but you bought the RIA for Omaha. Yep. That's very powerful. Um, it, for somebody in, in any city to be the guy or gal that runs the RIA uh, is a, a huge space to be an influencer. Um, and obviously there's some monetary impact for you, uh, but also to network and gain a, a huge network uh, within the investor space. So excited to dive into that. Let's go backwards just a little bit. So you're a licensed real estate agent yes, sir. Uh, for five years now. Yep. And you started out as an agent helping um, under, under the tutelage of Jerry, kind of helping um, investors analyze good investment type deals. Exactly. So flip like houses that needed to be flipped that were on the MLS is kind of what you're doing. Is this mostly on market deals that you were helping investors with? Or uh, I'd say probably yes and no, but seventy about seventy percent of everything we do is through off market channels. So mainly wholesalers. Okay. So I spend about. So this is a unique relationship. You're an agent representing investors but they're buying through wholesalers. Exactly. So this is new, I think, for a lot of people. How does an agent get paid? Because wholesalers, they have their price and that's their price and it needs to be cash. And I mean, how do you, how do you, how does that look as you middleman these, these deals? Because a wholesaler is already kind of middlemanning, middlemanning a deal for the seller, right? Mm -hmm. Well, let me kind of back up there a little back bit. Back up as, for, as far as you want. <laughs> so, um, networking has always been a big part of what, what we do because we're an investment based brokerage okay. and I have attended the Metro Mop property owner association meetings, the RIAs for five years, the, and various other groups in town. And by doing so, I've met wholesalers and wholesalers tend to, you know, they're the hustlers. They're, uh, I got one wholesaler and he pays cash to mailmen to get leads. I don't know if that's legal, but he does it. Okay. And, and he's a great resource. Well, they <laughs> shall not remain named. We're not right? yeah. named. Okay. But I respect what he does and, uh, and various other people. And so we start off buying the properties for internal. And so our, you know, we have, I don't even know about 30 or so construction guys on Schlick construction. I think our whole group has about 45 to 50 people all together. So we were able to go in and, and do those flips pretty quickly. I have the opportunity to resell those properties on the MLS and, that's how we started to work with wholesalers. And then our client list started building and they, we were not finding the deals on MLS. I think our local MLS I heard yesterday has 137 active leads. Uh, it, it, yeah. Depending on the County. I don't know if that's mm -hmm. like how broad that is, but it's a couple few hundred right now. It's low. It's crazy. Yeah. And uh, in your in business, so you understand yeah. this, but so we, what we have done is we started, uh, we've created a Google sheet. We've every time we meet a new investor, we allow them access to the uh, Google Sheet as a viewer. If there is an opportunity, we don't label who the wholesaler is from. 
just so we don't get back channeling happening. Yep. And anytime somebody wants to purchase one of those leads on there, we charge a 3% commission. And we tell them that it's expected that the buyer is paying the commissions. Wow. And so you're telling investor buyers who know they're working with an agent mm -hmm. that you as a buyer are paying a commission. Yep. That's pretty powerful in a, in a world where most, I think almost everywhere around this country that we live in, sellers pay but both, both agents, right? But we're finding opportunities mm -hmm. that they're not getting their hands on. And if these were listed on MLS, they would be going, there'd be 10, 15, 20 people negotiating on it. Mm -hmm. And right now in Omaha, anyway, we're seeing that properties are going, what, 10, 15, 20, 40,000 over asking yes. price. And so these opportunities are not out there otherwise. Plus, they're still going to get my real estate services and I'm going to handle all the paperwork. So I'm still doing the fiduciary responsibility of taking care of okay. my clients. And I'm, and they know that they're going to get, I'm going in, I'm, I'm helping them with the construction side of it. If they need it, I'm helping them uh, analyze the deal, telling them roughly how much profit they can make based on a pro forma that is, uh, more in their favor and not in their favor where you see everybody advertise, Oh, this property has a 10% cap rate. But when you really break down the numbers and property management fees or what getting a four or 5% return on their money. So it, I can confirm that none of this is a bunch is malarkey because I've done, I, I think at least a couple deals with you, but just very recently we did a deal. Um, and I, everything that you said is very true. I, you literally said, okay, send me your addresses. And Ted is, an, is, is amazing at following up with wholesalers. He has a, a group of wholesalers that he's texting or calling multiple times a week, three times, three times a week. Everybody's getting hit by Ted saying, well, what do you got? What do you got? I have buyers, I have buyers. So he is uh, awesome at representing investor buyers because there's a lot of investor buyers who want properties, just not bad enough to be hounding wholesalers like like you do. But um, for a while, I was on that list until you discovered that I'm putting most of my deals on, on the MLS to try to get top dollar, um, which it makes sense to do that in this market for me. Uh, but just I remember you texted me. I, I think I texted you a couple addresses, the lockbox code, and within like a day or two, Maybe it was the next day. You had an offer. You said, okay, you asked me what I wanted for it. I told you my number. You said, done. And that was the, that deal closed, you know, a week or two later, cash yep. happened. And that gave me a lot of confidence in you. Um, and I think that there's this kind of clash between investors and agents. Like investors feel like whenever agents get involved in a deal, it's always like, okay, they're, you know, they got to figure out how they're going to get paid and especially on the seller end. Mm -hmm. um, so it was very refreshing for me to work with you and see that like, this is what, a year, a year ago, maybe? Well, we um, did, we did that one summer? on Pacific, I think was one of the first ones. Yes. And then we just did that we one on Saddle Creek about seven, nine months ago. Yeah. And, and Benson? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I guess we've done two now together, but it was very clean and very easy. And that's what an uh, investor, like what I call a business to business deal. That's what they want as a seller. And you provided that um, as an agent, um, you made the, you made it a very quick and easy deal. So I think that's a really unique niche that you've found. And I mean, how's that been in your business? When you look at your book of business, what percent of your deals are traditional listings where you're going, getting a listing appointment or sh driving a buyer around to look at deals on the MLS versus off market? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really go after those types of, uh, that type of business. I, okay. I like, um, I have a passion for building relationships. I love having a new investor and discovering what their needs are. Um, I, I think it's fun. I love that 
going to meeting with them or having that literally ends up being an hour conversation every time. And, uh, and especially if it's somebody new, and a lot of people are, hate that, but I think the new investors are some of the funnest to work with because they're excited. And uh, so I love helping them get their first couple deals under contract. And then I have a team of nine agents on our group and that I'm training to be investment agents. And I, and I like to turn those leads over to them to, to keep the follow through and keep it going after that. But I, I love that initial that initial rush of working with somebody, get them going. And I, I have a great client that I met through Aria a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, uh, about two months ago, I apologize. And in the last two weeks, we've closed um, a, a five unit and a three unit. Wow. Um, one off market, one on market. And you know, it's just it's just been so fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, teaching them again, going through the processes. You know, bringing our construction crews in. Got our got our roofing crew doing the roofs. We got our construction crew doing the rehab. Um, we got our property management doing Airbnb rental on one building for them. We got a uh, uh, property management managing the other side of it, which was actually a, a property we already had under contract. And I hit one of our investors up to see if they want to sell. Oh. So you got to change hands again internally. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's just hitting all the channels and they're happy and they're getting taken care of and it's a one-stop shop. And I, that, to me, I mean, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. So you have a passion for helping investors. You're an investor yourself. Yes. Okay. So tell me where you're at in your, your own investing experience. And then I, w- I want to save some time for the RIA because okay. we need to talk about that. So uh, my very first property, which I don't talk about much, uh, was a... Uh, I, fell in my lap and I feel like that was one of my flipping or one of my failures not flipping but one of my failures okay uh so there's a house I grew up in uh with my grandmother and my mom Mm -hmm. and uh I was in a financial distress position my uh my grandmother uh was was all you know she's a waitress and you know she was you know approaching 80 80 years old and the the money was tough for her too Mm -hmm. and she always said that she would love to see uh, me get the house one uh, and keep it in the family. Mm-hmm. So uh, she sold me the house. I don't even remember seventy thousand or something like that. Mm-hmm. Got the deal done, and here I am renting from my buddy, renting a bu- bedroom from my buddy. And uh, it's, so took it over, made a deal with grandma that I would take care of all the utilities um, and uh, take care of the house the bills. And in exchange, you know, down the road, I'll I'll do something with it. Mm-hmm. But I got you know, but the house. I was able, there was, the, what was that program where you got like an $8,000 tax credit? Yeah, first time home buyer. First time home buyer yeah. tax credit came in. That was and awesome. Made, and then plus, I, you know, I, I had, I was able to consolidate my, uh, the debt I had at the time into mm-hmm. it. And it really helped me out too. So it was a win-win for both of us. Mm-hmm. And this house is uh, in a little Bohemia area. And it's and again, an area where I grew up as a child. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a two-story brick home built in 1885. And it is, in my opinion, the nicest house in the whole entire neighborhood. And, uh, you know, I blew th- a lot of that opportunity that I could have had. That should have been, I wish I had the knowledge I had, I had five years ago and I could have taken that money and done something with it instead of, instead of going to buy a, a navigator and going on a trip and doing some other stuff with it. But, um, she gave me a great opportunity. It's still a great opportunity, but, um, it, the property I just purchased, I use it as collateral to, to purchase my uh, five unit I just purchased, but, oh wow. um, I've turned it now, but there's, there's, I could have just done so much more. So I yeah. feel like that was a big failure in my life. 
but it's also going to turn to be a big success and it, it has helped my grandmother which uh she means so much to me yeah so it, it's there's other wins that came through that yeah and i think you know that's obviously flipping failure is a little bit of play on words it's it's really what you take from your failures and you know I think hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know, you could have done something different with the money, spent it a little wiser, reinvested it. Um, obviously, you put yourself in a position to do it again and then again. So you said that you flipped. You've flipped another house. You have a rental. Yeah. So, um, so I have uh, I have a total of seven doors in uh, in all. Now. Okay. Uh, so I'm not, I don't have a big portfolio, but I really just committed myself in the last two years to doing this mm-hmm. uh, on my own because I've found. Uh, that unless you have, unless you do, if you tell everybody you're an investment agent and you don't have investment properties yourself, people don't really take you seriously. Yeah. And so I, uh, before I took over the Omaha RIA, uh, somebody posted, uh, Ryan Basie posted, oh, a, yeah. posted a property on our RIA page and it was a condemned home on 19th and L street in Omaha and posted it for like $15,000. It says, Hey, my friend needs to get rid of this. If somebody wants to let me know. And I looked at it. I'm like, it's four bed, two bath, 19th and L, right behind South High School football field. Yeah. And uh, this is a no brainer. And it's been vacant for eight years. It's completely full of uh, stuff from people moving into it. <laughs> and uh, walked into it. You know, this is uh, pre right before Corona. Uh, so in right at the end of uh, 20, uh, what was that, 2019? Who knows? It's all a big yeah, blur. Yeah, it's all a big blur right now. And uh, we, uh, Started cleaning it out. Well, learned lots of lessons learned on that property. Yeah, I think you know a handful of them. But uh, what uh, I there was a neighbor and I was he was really trying to be helpful and tell me he's watching over the house. And he's like, "Got some guys on the down the street. I can help you out. We'll get this place cleared out." You know, and uh, he he did. He brought some people in and uh, I was getting bids for like five thousand to clean the place out, even with the uh, internal companies. Okay. He said he could do it for seven hundred fifty dollars. Nice. I just had to put a dumpster out there. Oh, okay. And uh, the the cleaning crew's like, "Hey, so uh, you know, we're giving you a good deal. Can we can we scrap metal your furnace because that thing's shot?" Yeah, sure. Let's scrap metal it. Help you guys out. Little I know they're gonna take all the duct work and all the vents and all the steel <laughs> cast iron vents vents you know everywhere. Yeah. So uh, that uh, that turned into uh, my furnace bid for that uh, property was thirty five hundred. Uh huh. I ended up being uh, uh, almost $10,000 after yeah, replacing all the duct work and everything. Yeah, Nice. There's a good lesson learned there. That was a great lesson. What was the lesson? Can you tell me what you learned from that? Uh, my <laughs> the lesson <laughs> is, is I should have been more involved and in, in more specific. Yeah. More and specific. Maybe do a little bit of vetting, too. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I was very hands-off on this because like, yeah. I'm, I'm very busy with uh, work. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I should I should have been I should have been more specific and I should have been more involved at that specific time. Great lesson learned, I think, uh, you know, especially starting out on those first couple of projects, um, you know, getting involved in the details, being there often, um, you can save a lot of headache and a lot of lost money yep. um, being a part um, of the project in a much more intimate way. Let's um, just so we have some time, let's talk the hard numbers on that one. So you paid sure. 15 grand for it. I actually negotiated down to 12. Ooh. Nice discount. Uh, r- roughly uh, eighty-five to eighty-eight in rehab. Okay. And uh, so hundred grand in. Yep, and it could have been a lot less if I just hired our contractor to do it. But um, I wanted to learn it every kay. aspect of it. That's good. That's okay. Um, it appraised at one forty-seven, and uh, I believe they cut me a check back for right around one twenty-five, one twenty-seven on it. Okay, so you're into it for a hundred grand. Yep. Purchase price and 
this is all your money that you're using your own money for the so I pay cash for the house okay. and then I did get a construction loan. Okay. And uh, so uh, I had to pay, come out of pocket 20% of that. Okay. And so 20 grand or, or less than 15 so grand. 5% interest and yeah. and I had to pay interest only for 12 months. I mean, it, it was a no-brainer. Pretty small interest. Of course, I went through COVID during that time, so yeah. it was extra interesting, but yeah. it took a long time to do this flip. But uh, uh, year-long flip and so four beds. A year-long burr. Your, you didn't your flip long, it. Yeah. Your long burr. Well, your long rehab. It went both ways cause <laughs> yeah. I, because because of COVID, the bank came and said, hey, we're not going to do a cash out refi. It's not an option oh. on the table anymore. So then I upped my game on the on the flip, quote unquote flip. Yeah. And uh, and so I'm like, OK, we're going to flip it. So now we're going to take out these two walls. We're going to back nice backsplash tile. Yeah. We're going to put wood bitcher block in on, yeah. on the middle island. You know, so we went above and beyond. And then right, you know, Towards the end of it, the bank calls up. Oh, we can uh, we can do a cash out refi again. It's opened up again. So I'm like, okay. So that's why part reason our appraisal came up so much higher because you had a, a schnazzy house that was in well, that was flip ready. Yep. To sell at top of the market yep. for the area that was now going to become a rental. Yep. So they pra- appraised higher than I expected. I was, I was expecting around 135. Mm-hmm. Um, I posted uh, uh, up for sale or up for rent mm-hmm. and had I don't know dozen applicants in under 10 hours overnight. Uh, picked a, a military family that came in from Florida, and uh, uh, they end up renting it for uh, fourteen ninety five a month. Wow! And my my payment on it's only six eighty eight. Six eighty eight payment taxes everything expenses uh, taxes insurance six eighty eight. Okay, so plus your expenses and you're managing this yourself. Self managing. So you're you're cash flowing five hundred bucks or more. S- uh, no, uh, S- seven hundred. Seven hundred dollars a month. You're self managing. Yeah. So even if you were paying yourself a, I'm not even paying. if you charged yourself yep. a management fee, you'd still have this huge, um, profit. Yep. Every month on a house that you have zero dollars in, on a house that you actually pulled out twenty five grand of positive equity for you to go buy another navigator and go on some more <laughs> vacations or does this help jump catapult you into a five unit that you're now in? Uh, so yeah, so I cashed out a 401k, uh, that I had and to get this going, let me phrase, I had a 401k. I was doing self-directed into okay. our investment fund for a couple of years, mm-hmm. cashed all that money out, decided I was going to pay the fines and just do it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I just wanted the experience and that's what uh, got where I got the initial money for this. And then uh, from that point, I, I, I put that into my savings account so that I wasn't going to touch it. That's my that's my retirement money. Now I took that money and uh, and put that down on a, a, a five unit that I just got through a wholesaler and through a real lead. Okay. And um, so 24th and Vinton picked up a, a five unit conversion. Okay. Uh, picked this property up for 150000 And uh, we are uh, electricians there right now. We're separating all the utilities out. Okay. And I'm hoping that we'll appraise in that uh, the low 300s when we're done. My rehab on it's going to be about 120-ish. Okay, it's a big project. You're taking on some big stuff early on. So I like it. It's bullish. Yeah, we'll see. I, I love it. Well, no, I don't think we need to see. I think you've already you already learned a lot of hard lessons, and you've done it. I mean, you did it on your your big burr here that you finished out this last year. So I think you kind of know some of the big things to expect. I told my I told my wife until we get $20,000 in in positive cash flow every mo- every year. Or I'm sorry, every month uh, that we will be doubling our portfolio every year. That's our goal. Okay. So I love it. Um, we could talk all day about just the last few minutes just touching on what you've done 
uh, within real estate. My favorite thing that I love to talk about <laughs> is Burr. Um, and that is what we've done with our entire portfolio. Um, that's a huge win. Um, and typically what you don't see is such a huge cash flow when somebody burrs because they're pulling out most of the equity so that they can go redo it again. I think it shows that you you obviously bought right. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to get that to appraise it, what you wanted at, and you're also got a great interest rate, I imagine, because the timing is right. Yeah, like 3%. Um, yeah, we could, we could chat about that all day. Um, but what I'm most interested in, and I think what people will want to hear about is you recently in the last year bought the RIA, the Omaha RIA, which you were an active member in, meaning you were helping um, the previous owner with a lot of the administrative things happening in the background. So you were kind of close to it Mm -hmm. already uh, for the last several years. Um, Talk to us a little bit about how that all went down, how you were able to make that transaction happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, uh, like I said, I'm very involved with the networking. I think that's, if you want to be in investment in real estate, you have to be involved. Yes, in everything and not just one group. So um, Omaha RIA, I've been a member for five years. The local meetup group that Colin Schwartz runs, I've been involved with since uh, I think his second or third meeting. Uh, Mopoa, we've been a member of for quite a while. And uh, Andy and Paulina uh, were running the RIA for the last 10 years or so. And Paulina was a real estate agent at DBG Realty Group. Mm -hmm. And so I had a a relationship with them, uh, a loose one, but a relationship. And by attending the RIAs, I just had lots of respect for them and what they were doing. Uh, they'd done lots of great things with it. It was very consistent. And you always knew what, what to expect out of it. May, uh, met all of my initial client list through, through that group. And I was just talking with Andy at one point. And it was like uh, probably about a year and a half ago, two years ago. And I was just joking with him. I'm like, hey, Andy, he's talking about Florida. He's always yeah. talking about traveling. Yeah. I go, hey, if you ever... Uh, if you ever decide that you want to move and you need somebody to run this group, I'm, I'm here for I'm you, your buddy. Guy. Yeah. I'm here, you know, I'm glad to take this over for me. And that's just more of a joke and kind of messing with them. But, I, you know, it's semi-serious. And I listen to so many podcasts. They're always talking about the RIAs. And, and so it was always in the back of my head. And uh, Andy pulls me aside. And this is like uh, probably a year and a half ago and says, hey, we're going to be moving to Florida. And you're the only person that's ever approached us on on taking us over. And so... Because of that, uh, we started negotiating on, uh, on the on the purchase, and um, it was it was it was a very uh, interesting deal. And I I was really privileged for Andy to consider me. Um, I I agreed to him that I would never disclose the purchase price on that, but um, but it was a it was a um, it was a handshake deal, mm-hmm. and I never knew didn't know if it would actually come to fruition and happen. Yeah, but it, in the end, it did, and. I was supposed to take over like uh, March of last year, and of course that was when everything started shutting Shut down. Shutdown time. And I yep. was like, I was like, delay, delay, delay. <laughs> what? We, we yeah. can't meet. Yeah. Like, what are we gonna do? It is held at a school, and the school is shut down. Yeah. And so that part was kind of interesting. But um, I knew that there's a big value in it. I knew if I I, I was nervous because I was attending all these meetings. I started writing all my notes on what I would do with it. And, yeah. And, and, um, and the thing is, there's, there's all these people in that group that I look up to you being one of them, oh, you know, and, and I, you know, and how am I going to get in front of people that I look up to and people that I want to be like, and, and people that, you know, I, that I, I work with that have huge portfolios. And here I am a guy with at this time, one house and one in the works, you know, you know, how am I going to be rep- representing them in, in, in front of it? I was just so nervous. Yeah. 
and I was just sweating bullets. Even uh, we changed our venue, we changed our day. We're meeting at Anthony's, and the first turnout, you know, pre-COVID, we're hitting 85 to 100 people on a meetup. And, you know, so now we're, I'm coming here, and I'm like, and these people, everybody came to support. Yeah. And these are my clients, and, you know, I'm like, I mean, I was was so nervous going up in the first, like, two or three months. It was just really tough for me. Yeah. And everybody, um, you know, people are like, Brad Bader and yeah. Owen Dashner and uh, they're coming up to me like, oh, great job, great job. Yeah. I'm like, man, you guys are the ones I look up to. So this is like, I, I don't even feel like I'm a, I should be allowed to stand in yeah. front of you guys right now. <laughs> and uh, no, the, the feedback from you know those guys and you was just always so positive, mm-hmm. and it, and that and that has just really helped me. Uh, but I just definitely try not to have a big head in this because uh, because everybody in that room I respect and I'm learning from every day. So I, I think something that you said that is really impactful is that you you took something on that you didn't feel necessarily like worthy of in a way, um, or That's I mean, completely right. What? I, yeah, good. I mean, you thought, oh, there's other people who are more experienced that could be doing this, but I think it at every every meeting that I've been to, and by the way, if you want to talk about the last meeting on Monday where you were rolling in tables because it was standing room only. I mean, I, I forget what your occupancy started out at, you know, coming back in after, you know, actually during coronavirus. I mean, you started up your meetings. In 20s. Some, so, you you know, 20, 30, 40 people. How many people did we have we uh, a, the other night? We had 106. 106. Yes. So, and that's, uh, I mean, that's, so you're growing and surpassing where it was at before coronavirus. And frankly, we're still in, it's still corona. There's some, there's a lot of people that still aren't coming out. Omaha's pretty loose about uh, the rules, fortunately. So, um, we're, we're very active. I have preached and you probably hear me say this all the time to new investors listening. If you're not going to your local RIA, then you are, and you say that you want to be an investor, then you're not taking step one. Because to me, that is like, it's more important than anything. And I think you and I could both agree. I mean, half the relationships that I have with wholesalers, half the relationships that I have with bankers came from other investors that I met with contractors that I use came from other investors that I met at the RIA with deals. I get deals from my competitors, from wholesalers. Um, it's amazing what happens when you just show up at the RIA. How many deals did you get this uh, year from the RIA? Alone, I'm already at like two or three deals from wholesalers. I mean, I got one from the Red Ladder guys who are competitors. They're like, you know, they had a lot on their plate and I pulled one off that's closing here in a couple of weeks that will be a, you know, a $25,000 deal that just from going and talking with people at the RIA. And, you know, you figured out a way to actually be the facil- the facilitator and the leader and now the owner of the local RIA. So tell me a little bit how that's just in this first few months of really having things going. You, you mentioned a couple things that, you know, you have a new client that you've helped get some deals. And now this five unit that you have came from a relationship yep. from the RIA. So what I, I wanted to kind of go a different direction with the RIA. Um, so one of my goals going into it was I didn't want to have, I didn't, I don't like being sold and I didn't want to have an infomercial. I wanted to be able to, uh, have people come up that actually has knowledge and gives you, you know, teaches you something or, or somebody you might look up to come speak. Right. Um, I wanted you to get at something. I was, if somebody's going to try to sell you something and I found value to it, we'll do it on zoom. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next thing I to do to create the, the, the grow the Rio, um, was to have where we created our Rio card. And I think I'm the only person in, in the country of all the national Rios, 
uh, get a RIA card. And so we have our local, uh, we have local sponsors providing discounts to our members. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we have like, like nine or 10 vendors and uh, that are providing discounts to our, to our group. And now we're getting sponsorship dollars. Mm-hmm. Plus we joined the national RIA organization. So the only national, uh, only RIA, as far as I know, uh, in uh, Nebraska and Iowa. I know for Nebraska for sure, but I think I don't think there's one in Iowa also. And so that has given us some definite credibility. Plus, our members get 20-some discounts with that, so they can justify spending a little bit of money to, to join us besides all the other benefits. But you know. And what's the membership cost? Uh, right now, we're at $75 for a single membership and uh, $115 for a dual. Yeah. And, and to me, Ted, that is, I mean, I'm not telling you to jack your prices up. But that that's closer to free than anything else. And I mean, for people who are actively investing, that is such a small number. And even for somebody who's interested in becoming an investor, um, paying a hundred bucks to have, or 75 bucks for yourself to have a, a year long membership, to be able to be a part of a, a Facebook group community as well um, as attend a monthly meetup. And then that you have a, a Friday lunch that's happening yeah, so every month as well. Friday, third Fridays we do a luncheon, yep. and we we have thirty eight people at the last luncheon. So there's a ton of interaction and growth and networking to do. I mean, at multiple events and different platforms for seventy five bucks. It's it's ridiculous for if any if that's even an issue for somebody in my opinion. But you've already figured out some new ways to monetize it so that it, you can help fund the group and make it better. Hand back some discounts. But I think what's more important um, is the credibility that you are now building for yourself as an influencer in the real estate investing space because you're in front of the room now and you're bringing in awesome speakers and ev- people know who you are. They know they know Ted. So what do you what do you foresee happening over the next year, two, three, four, five years with the RIA and how you want to impact within the group? Yeah, it's, that's a great question. Uh, when I uh, when I looked at it, my my goal is to bring in sponsors and bring in deals, like mm-hmm. I said, and so I want to bring more value to the group. Uh, so my my vision right now is uh, I I I think that if you are a real estate agent of any sort and you're working with an investor, that you need to be buying them a membership to be able to provide them uh, knowledge so that they go buy more real estate because if they show up to the event, right. Mm-hmm. They're going to do it. So my goal right now is to get in front of every single real estate group in, in, in this city and and promote this and tell agents to buy these memberships for their investors so we have a bigger community. And I think by doing that, I can get our group to 500 members by the end of the year. And right now, we just, uh, we're just we at the highest membership that our groups have been. And so we just surpassed 150 paid members in our group. All right. And we we're at 87 at the, uh, at, at the beginning of uh, last year. So with that being said, uh, our, that's one of our goals, and, uh, and we're also opening up new chapters. So we're, uh, we have a partner out of North Platte that's opening up okay. the Western Nebraska area. Uh, I am in communications with a uh, agent down at KW Elite Columbus okay. to open up a Columbus office. So we're, we're trying to do some, some satellite, satellite groups. Love it. And, uh, but also have all those events streamlined in, into one spot. So uh, our investors can branch out around Nebraska a little bit more too. Wow. Uh, if we had another couple hours, I think we would need it to really <laughs> dive into, I think that what you've done here. Um, but I, I can't tell you how glad I am to have 
you as a close friend and as the leader of the RIA, um, you know, for opportunities that I've already had to speak and be in front of the group. Because again, it's an opportunity for me to share and give as much as I can. But um, as you both know, the, the more that you give, the more you get back. So true, true. I think that you're, you very much have that abundance mindset. So excited to have you as our, as our local RIA owner and leader. <laughs> Appreciate it. Man. It's um, been fun. Let me, let me, let's do a couple of fire rounds here. Your book of the year. Um, what would you say your book of the year is? Oh, man, the book that really got me fired up this, uh, in the last 12 months was uh, 10X. 10X? Yeah. I dude, love it. I mean, gosh, every, I mean, why wouldn't you want 10X uh, everything? I did that on Audible too. So it, if, it, if it's you get the only to, way you can do it. If you get to listen to Grant read it to you, you know, Grant's reading you his book. He gets passionate. He like, he has his own little comments that he inserts it, in. It's so exciting in the first half. And then you could tell you did it all on the same day and he yeah. just gets so tired at the end. <laughs> and, and, but he's, but yeah, he's like, what? I don't know if I can, uh, he's like, don't be a little B. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yep. If I could call this chapter anything, it'd be don't be a little B. <laughs> I love that. I, I vividly remember listening I, to that one. I've listened to that three times in a row. So 10X, <laughs> love it. Um, who would you consider uh, a career idol of yours? Who do you look, who do you look up to and try to emulate? You know, uh, I, I thought about this one pretty heavily, and I, I don't necessarily have career idols that I on a national scale. Um, I mean, I have podcasts I listen to nonstop. The Bigger Pockets podcast, I mean, that's my go-to. Awesome. Yep. I, I don't, I do not miss an ep- episode. And uh, but it's the local guys and the people I work with that I that I look up to. Um, I've already told you that I've looked up to you oh, and what no. you do for a while. No, stop I, that. I I look up to you know Owen Dashner, uh, Brad Bader, um, you know Colin Schwartz, Chris yeah. Pomelo. These are the people I look up to. Um, I respect them. I love what they do. Um, and I love how they respect other people and how you respect other people and the things you're doing. So, uh, it's the, it's the people in my circle that I look up to, not necessarily people that I don't don't know outside. I I love it. I mean, you surround yourself with great people and what do they say? You're the, you're the average of the five or the 10 people that you're with. So, uh, you're amongst good people and you're one of them. So two. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What do you want to leave with us today? We're, we're basically out of time, but what would you want to leave with the audience? Somebody starting out in the investing space, somebody in the middle of the career, uh, investing or all things, real estate. You tell me if you, if you want to get into investment, real estate, um, my opinion is you need to, you need to align yourself with, with people that are doing what you want to do. Kind of like what we just discussed. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, that's, that's how I learned. And either I was just working with an investor, uh, a kid that wants to be an investor. And, and he's like, well, I'm working with this real estate agent to find this investment property. And they're going through the MLS and I'm not going to hate on this other agent and, and what I'm doing. So I'm not trying to take that business away, but I'm sitting there listening to him. I'm like, but this guy knows nothing about investment real estate. He doesn't know how to analyze the deal. He doesn't know what to tell you how you're going to make a deal, how you're making money. He's not running a, a, a proper portfolio. If it is, it's one that benefits him, not you. So you need to find somebody you can trust in this in this market, and that other people will back. And you, and you're not gonna find. I mean, there is deals to find on on MLS, but they're they're far and few between, and yeah. you're gonna compete. So find people that you trust, build your circle, uh, you know, establish who you're gonna work with, and once you get the first deal done. It's, it, I mean, it's golden from that point. Sky's the limit. Yep. Ted, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you how awesome it is to, to have watched your journey just the last couple of years. You've watched it. I've watched <laughs> it and it's real uh, and excited for, for things to come. Thank you again That's for joining. Job. Thanks, buddy. Flipping failure. <laughs>